I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. We're the guys from That Film Stew, and this is our latest episode where we look at some of the most recent news stories from the world of film and television. In today's show, we've got the latest trailer for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. In the film series that keeps cheating death, Final Destination 6 is in the works. We talk about the movie that was set to be called Planet of the Grapes. The next Icons Unearthed will focus on one of the longest running film franchises, and it's time to return to the office. Before we get into it, make sure you subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find us, and feel free to leave us a review. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. So, Luke, how about you kick things off? What is our first movie topic? Jason Momoa returns in the new trailer for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Yes, he does. I mean, Elephant in the Room is this will be the last, the final DCEU film until the the hard reset happens. Oh, well, semi hard. Okay, I just said semi hard. Okay, let's move on. You did. I did. (laughs) And uh... we're just going to carry on. Let's keep going. Um, It's kind of a shame because I'll tell you what, this trailer is pretty. It's pretty dope. Like this, which is surprising. You know exactly, you know surprising. To hear you say, I mean, most of us I liked think... that billion-dollar movie, but you, that's <laughs> the biggest fan. <laughs> no, nah, which yeah, maybe it's because look, I mean, obviously the tone of the DCEU has clearly, or the new tone has been established for a while now. So maybe, like, I know what to expect. It's not as jarring. It's not as shocking. But look, at the end of the day, this is a nicely cut trailer. There's a lot of stuff happening. There's some pretty cool water action, underwater, overwater, whatever, in Aquaman's laundry, whatever. There's stuff. You know, his dad's back. There's the very tiny, tiny snippet of Amber Heard. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it's with a... all the things that we do get, we don't get too much of her. We see no. Aqua Baby. You know, I am all for faithful comic book adaptions, right? When it comes to animated films, TV series, live action, <laughs> except for this, because I don't want to see a dead baby in my DC film. In the comics, it doesn't go well for their baby. So I'm hoping they go in a different direction with the movie. Yeah, I do I I don't I don't see them doing that. Me neither, but they did no, it in the you, comics. It's you don't canon. Kill babies. You don't kill babies. Hey. DC did. Yeah. But we've seen a lot of cool things in this trailer. And do you know what? I didn't know Patrick Wilson had gotten as buff as he has that scene on the beach. Like, oh, wow, the guy has got buff. He's got the long hair. So it looks fun that you're going to get Arthur and Orm teaming up. You've got Black Manta, he's back, he's got powers. He's got mean, Ocean Master? What did I say? No, 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 Orm. Oh, I said Orm. Yeah, That's the same person. Oh, right, I thought I said the wrong character yeah, name. Yeah. You threw Orm. me then. But anyway, <laughs> no, 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 you did. I just wanted to point out how ridiculous his alternate name is <laughs> not so as ridiculous anyway. as the his mask matching his expression <laughs> underneath the mask <laughs> you know when oh, yeah. orm is angry his mask looks angry his his eyebrow anyway it was a whole thing but um well it, it looks fun it does it does look fun and you know they're packing a lot into this first trailer you do see a lot but i don't feel like it was overly obvious about what you were seeing because it didn't look like it was spoiling too much. And, yeah, it looks like a fun movie. I will be curious to see, you know, knowing that it is the like the last DCEU, are they, are they going to release the movie that they originally intended to make or have they done something at the end of it, something special or different, or will it just end Aquaman's story or leave Aquaman's story somewhere? And then that's it. That's that's kind of the the sick part of my brain is is thinking you know, about this stuff just going into it. But other, but other than that, it's like this looks pretty dope. I hope it's a good 
it's a good time overall. Um, and I look forward to, unfortunately, seeing this movie flop at the box office. Oh, right? don't so say flop, that. But just, don't say that. Mate, it's been four years. No DC movie has made, no DCEU movie has made half a half a billion dollars. Like, yeah. barely scraped 400. It's, it's not going to make money. It's not. It's, but think about it, know, though. This one has a good chance of making the most over the past four years. Yes. Seeing as though it, the first one made a billion dollars, but... Well, that's the thing. I, that I first know. movie, like, for it to make that much money, that's not a comic book audience that's rocking up to see that film. That is general audience. And hopefully those same people are coming back, like, whether it's, you know, because of Jason Momoa, like, whatever that movie did to get people to go to the movies. Hopefully that people are going to turn up for this sequel. And, you know, you're saying, what does it mean? What's the connection? Like what's happening next? I'm just as guilty of that as you, but I'm going to try and just go into it as a movie, you know, but then we know things because we, you know, we read up on these things and follow the news stories. And at one time, apparently Michael Keaton was going to be in it. Then they reshot scenes of Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne. And then apparently they're not going to use those scenes. So all that noise has been happening in the background. But we're trying to just go to this movie. Um, you know, we've recently reviewed exactly. Blue Beetle. That was a self-contained story, but did have some references to the wider DC universe. Let's just hopefully get a good... Aquaman movie, but there's already you know they've you know released some screenshots and there's that one awesome one of Aquaman riding a seahorse. Amazing. I mean, <laughs> it's it's just ridiculous, but but it works. At this point, it's just like yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that first movie and uh, an octopus playing the drums. I love it. Let's um, more of that, please. James Wan is back directing. Just give us more of what worked in that first film, and everybody mm-hmm. will be happy. Well, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> see how it goes. Um, speaking of ridiculous, um, just ridiculous things, um, we've got our first look at Peter Dinklage, Elijah Wood, Taylor Page, and Kevin Bacon in the Toxic Avenger. Um, just a bunch of photos, really, still frames. Uh, the one that kind of stands out to me, Elijah Wood, he's just looking looking very unhealthy in this. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> Danny DeVito as the penguin comes to mind, to be mm. honest. <laughs> yeah, it's like that crossed with, I, I don't know, Smeagol? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a bit of that. I mean, I don't know too much about this. I mean, this has to be, I don't know what the budget is on this movie, but this is a trauma movie. and It's been a while since they've done one. And, you know, you don't normally have actors like this in in a trauma movie i'm intrigued but i was never into those films as a kid i did enjoy toxic crusaders i had the toys as well only ran for one season it was essentially a kid-friendly version of toxic avenger i tried um a recent rewatch and it's just too mean-spirited couldn't get behind it um Turned it off. I think I lasted maybe 15 minutes. This new one, I am curious. I mean, I'm pretty sure Peter Dinklage is playing Toxie, isn't he? He is the Toxic Avenger. I'm yeah, pretty I'm sure, pretty sure that's he's, the, well, what they're doing here. Described as the lead, so I, I guess. Oh, well, must be. And then Kevin Bacon, Elijah Wood as villains. I'm interested. I am interested. I don't yeah, know. I've got much more to say is, about it. I think it is more the cast that's made me kind of perk up a bit and go, okay, so what's what's really going on here? Like, what's uh, what is this? I'll, yeah, I'm like you. Like, I'll be honest, I'm not really interested in the Toxic Avenger or what they can sort of do with it. But look, the the names have got me kind of. Hey, let me, let me check that out. What's what's happening here? So I'll I'll monitor and see how we go. Yeah. Murder, she wrote, is getting a movie reboot from Dumb Money Writers. That's the new movie that is out at the 
the moment that is quite fantastic <laughs> yeah no i've heard good things about that but i'm more curious what's your take on murder she wrote i mean it's been mentioned numerous times on the podcast over the years i am a little bit older than you are i can't <laughs> imagine you sitting down and watching an episode of murder she wrote Nah, but I mean, at the same time, it's it's like I wouldn't sit down and watch an episode of Farrow. But at the same time... Did you used to, though, when you were younger? No. I no, did, I all the all. time. I watched Poro, <laughs> well, right. I watched Murder, She Wrote, but it's it's something that my mum watched, and I liked it because, you know... Sure, we, sure. We've reviewed Murder Mystery. You know, it's it's that kind of thing. You know, a, a whodunit. I mean, if you're listening we, and you're unfamiliar... Yeah, we love whodunits. <laughs> well, that's it. And that's what Murder, She Wrote was. Jessica Fletcher, a shrewd yeah. mystery writer, helps the authorities to nab the real culprit by getting to the bottom of every crime she comes across. Every crime. There's not... <laughs> I don't think there's a every single one. one. She has never failed. Solve. And it was um, Angela Lansbury. So, you know, it had a lot of class. Yeah. But I remember, like, you know, when you're younger, you kind of like just have to watch what your parents watch. And we had yeah, less yeah. channels then I as so well. so much Bill. Ah, <laughs> uh, the Bill classic. But this was one that would come on. Like, if it was just me alone in the room, I'm not putting this show on. But it was one of those shows where I would enjoy enough if I was watching TV with mm. my parents and it was just on. So I'm I'm curious, yeah. and you know, as I say, it's from the dumb money writers. So let's see what they well, can do of it. Like a modern interpretation of it can be can be interesting. Look, at the end of the day, it will be like I mean, let's say they said, "Hey, look, there's this new movie coming out. It's a whodunit murder mystery. Um, the the lead like detective investigator, whatever, is like, potentially an older lady, but." Doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's no different to Poirot, Murder on the Orient Express, those kind of things. Like, my interest is like, yeah, cool, like a murder mystery movie. Like, I'm all for it. I hope it's a good payoff at the end of it. That's what this could be. Like, it could just be a modern, cool little whodunit film. Hopefully, I don't work out the killer, you know, 20 minutes into the movie. Um, they could have fun with this, you know, like, again, I haven't seen Dumb Money yet, but obviously the. People say it's really, really good. Um, it there's quite a comedic take on the the story that they're telling there. I don't know. Maybe they play with this a little bit, and it's a little bit humorous. They might have some really good energy. Who knows? Like this could be anything. It's just interesting. Like, who are they targeting with this? Because it is a known IP, not to young people. Mm. And I don't even know what year they stopped making the show, but it was a long time ago. So normally, if you know, when they did like a, a reboot of 21 Jump Street, it worked and enough people still remembered that show. Oh, but then again, maybe it's a similar argument with Murder She Wrote, but then 21 Jump Street wasn't an old lady soldering mysteries. I don't know. It's just yeah, like when when I first read this story that they're giving it the reboot treatment, you're thinking, wow, that's kind of come out of nowhere. Well, there's obviously, like what there's they obviously were... something to it. You know when they were taking all those shows from, like, the 70s and stuff, you know, whether it be, like, um, you know, like the Brady Bunch or, you know, the, even, like, the, the A-Team, Dukes of Hazard, you know, that kind of... Like, every time they would do that and they'd make, like, a, a movie version of it, it would always be, like, almost like a satirical version like there'd be a comedic spin on the whole thing like yeah. that's what i'm thinking maybe yeah. they could do something or it could just be a straightforward much like murder on the Orient express where it's just i'd like, be happy with that no this is, this is serious yeah but i watched it growing but up they could go wacky young people didn't yeah. <laughs> like yeah so just have to wait and see yeah i mean they might go, uh, they they might go... they're gonna make jessica Fletcher like this <laughs> this young 20 something like i mean then what's the point you know, Hip, <laughs> no, ridiculous, ridiculous. Get Helen moving on the phone, she can do it. What if she's played by Karen Gillan? I can, for some reason, I can just picture like Karen Gillan as 
Jessica Fletcher. Like, I'm talking, look, they're going young, hip. No, nah, man. Sex it I, up. Like, <laughs> I've said before on the pod, I've said before on the podcast, I'd be happy if Kevin Gillen was cast in everything. Not this, though. Yep. <laughs> Murder Shiro. Kevin Gillen. Nope. Let's nope. do it. <laughs> All right. Um, here we go. Tony, Tony Todd will return. For Final Destination Six, um, he of course played William Bloodworth. In has he been in every single one? I'm pretty sure he has. Yeah, I think the third one, you just got his voice. Ah, close enough. There's close one enough. of them well, where he, yeah, I think there was an amusement park. That was the third one, wasn't it? An amusement park. Yeah, the roller coaster. And there was a roller coaster, and he was the voice when they were first getting on the roller coaster. That's where he featured right. there. Okay. Oh, well, this film um, will dig into William Bloodworth's black backstory, um, including a flashback to his childhood that reveals more about his connection to death. So, yeah, look, this uh, this franchise just keeps keeps going. When you think it's when you think it's done, it just keeps coming back. Even like Remember? Final Destination Five. I yeah, don't but want I was to spoil what happens. Hey, now, ooh. It, like, it really <laughs> the franchise up. <laughs> yeah, I was about to spoil it, but you're right, it does. Without spoiling it, it does tie the franchise up. And I always liked how you never really knew what was going on with Tony Todd's character. Like in those early films, or those first two films, as I was watching, I'm thinking, is that actually death? Is that death watching them? <laughs> yeah. But now obviously there's it's more to it. And... To explain the concept of movie <laughs> like that's that's yeah. his purpose he's the exposition guy talks about death but he does it so well in his voice got the best the best voice but we've yeah. talked about this you're, before this you're mess with death the sixth century i think it's back oh yeah you don't <laughs> i think this is no, made for streaming know. unless that's changed i'm pretty sure this was going to be on max I don't know Ooh. what's happening. Maybe they've changed it up and they're going to make it theatrical. Yeah. Honestly, I think, like, when it comes to that, I think Warner Brothers has really changed on under management. I think they've really changed their sort of ideology on what we put on Max. So this could potentially be something that they go, yeah, theatrical, come on. People love this shit. Let's, let's make some money off it and not just throw it down the toilet. I mean, it makes sense. Like, you know, these, you know... I don't know how well the fifth one did at the box office, but you know, typically these movies have always, mm. always done well. I mean, oh man, that first one for me is like a stone cold classic. I love that movie. And then <laughs> the second one is just a different thing altogether, but he's just fantastic. It builds as well. on it. It builds on it. Yeah. It really the does. It's fun, but like it, it, it gets, it, it becomes just like a, it's all about the kills. All the kills there. And that's it. Like, how inventive can you get? You know, that second one, that's probably the one that I think about most. Like, you know, when you just, you're on the freeway and you're behind a truck and you see something tied up, but it's just wobbling a little bit. Absolutely. (laughs) Planks of wood, like, whatever. Yeah, every time. I'm on the freeway (laughs) a lot more than I'm on a plane. So I think more about the second one than I do the first one. Great films, though. Those first two, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. All right, I feel uneasy now. So we've had the first trailer for Totally Killer, starring Kiernan Shipper and Julie Bowen. The time travel horror comedy hits Prime Video October 6th. So we're like a week away. So this is one of those where they kind of announce it in what feels like no time at all. We actually get to see the movie. Yeah. Now, first, I saw the poster and then the trailer. And it wasn't until I got to the end of the trailer and I was like, and I had the realization, oh, this is not directed by Christopher Landon. It very much feels like it is. You know, the guy that did Happy Birthday, did, oh no. Happy Death Day, even freaky. Yeah. It felt like those movies. Oh, I guess one hundred percent. Like busy, you know, with the new Scream movie that he's going to be directing. But honestly, until I got to the end of this trailer, I thought it was him. 
Um, I had the exact same thought like this because this looks delightful. Like this, this is good. It, it's genre mashing and it's appealing. It's appealing to me. Like you got the horror genre, which I'm all for. You got time travel, which I'm a sucker for. Uh, and obviously, I think there's going to be like a lot of comedic stuff in there as well. Yeah, which, which is great. it does. A question, right? It looks very where, good. Where has where has Julie Bowen been? Like since Modern Family, like one of the, I think to some people like one of the most successful sitcoms in the you know the past couple of decades. Like kind of did that and then just went quiet. So she must have just been enjoying herself for a bit. But, I've only um, seen like, her, maybe she has been. I've seen her pop up once and it's a film we reviewed in between really? Modern Family ending and this movie. And of course I'm talking about Who Be Halloween. The Adam Sandler no, that's movie. She was in that. She was in that. But other than yeah. that, I'm with you. She's not been doing things like I'm sure she's done other stuff, but Oh, she was on anyway. Sorry, that was a bit of a. She was on the Smartless podcast, so I think she has been having. Oh, actually, yes, she's not been in front of the camera. She's been doing some producing. That's what she's been doing. Right. I did listen to her episode. I'm blanking, but she produced something, or maybe it was a movie. But that's what she's been doing. She's been spending time producing. Hmm. Oh well, that's good. I'm glad she's. I'm glad she's working. It's good, but she's in this, and there's a there's a younger version of her as well back in the '80s, and it's like the. I mean, literally, they say it in the in the opening scene of this trailer. It's like it's like Back to the Future. Like there's, Ken and Simka, you know, little teenage witch Sabrina herself has to go to school with her mum and deal with all of that. Stop some murders. It's it looks fun. I don't know. There's, there's a good energy to this. It there looks is. fun. It looks wacky. Um, we we love the eighties. We know that. We it's yeah. I don't know. This looks this looks like this could be a pretty good one. It looks so. fun. Yeah. Uh, Randall Park as a cop. It's always good to <laughs> yeah. see Randall Park turn up in things. And again, it comes out on a Friday. It's on Prime. No excuse, unless you're not a Prime, obviously. But if you got it. Check it out. and Or if you're busy on Friday. I don't know. <laughs> watch it Saturday, you know? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Got me go. there. <laughs> and, yeah, and it really is. like It's just around the corner, and we will be reviewing it. But And I, I pitched it to you off air. You know, hey, we'll review it. But I was very much in the mindset of thinking it was Christopher Landon. I thought it was his latest movie. But still, <laughs> it, um, it does look good. And a good time for horror. So at the beginning of October on... Paramount Plus, that very same day, uh, what did we say, October 6th? Pet Cemetery, is it Bloodlines, the prequel movie yeah, to that yeah, recent cool. film they did? So horror, just in time for Halloween. Now, October's gearing up. Here we go. Uh, but look, that's it for the, the main part of our movie news. Uh, we'll go on to a few, uh, a few other stories that we've got. We've had our first look at The Twits, an animated film based on Roald Dahl's book, coming to Netflix in 2025. So be patient. Uh, Let me clear my is, calendar. <laughs> it, is, it is coming. I remember when there was a big announcement at Netflix about their Roald Dahl content, and there was talks of like something that Taika Wahiti was working on, We've already had the live-action Matilda the Musical movie, which I did enjoy. And, you know, I'm not one for musicals, but I did enjoy that one. So we're slowly getting Roald Dahl content on Netflix, but I like that that's where it's at. You just got to wait for it. 2025, yeah, the twits. And this first image, like... You know, like you get the kooky sort of designs of the character, but there's sort of like a modern spin with the animation, well, at least the animation design. Like, it looks okay for a first thing. Like, okay, cool. This could look. It it looks very promising. Just very very wacky. I'm pretty sure that Matilda the Musical got a limited theatrical release. I think they okay. might end up doing something similar here because you've got the Roald Dahl books. I mean, you've got to go all the way back to Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka. 
there's not been that much really. We got Fantastic Mr. Fox all those years ago from Wes Anderson. Yeah, there's oh, of course we've had James and the Giant. James and the Giant. Yeah, uh, which yeah, was a Disney movie. One. Okay, so I guess we've had quite a few adaptions. Oh, and we've had a couple of The Witches movies. Oh, okay, we, God, we've had quite yeah. a few. But now, though, <laughs> Netflix is where it's at for Roald Dahl. Yeah. The Roald Dahl estate is is doing well. <laughs> I think they've... Yeah, no, they've, they've got a few things under their belt. It's, it's fine. They'll be all right. Okay, um, a new Christmas animated diary of a wimpy kid movie titled cabin fever releases on disney plus on december 8 zoo wee mama my kids love diary <laughs> of a wimpy kid i mean too young for you i know and too old for your no, kids you know i my my kids obviously haven't started reading the books or anything like that i did watch the the latest animated um movie what was it only like 50 minutes or something like that it, of you know yeah yeah, one yeah. That was on disney plus well they've made yeah. two two for disney plus oh, they've made two have they? yes the second Bloody one hell. was roderick rules which so they've adapted the first two books so far and then this one is a christmas special my kids are excited for it my kids like the four live action movies that they've made also available on disney plus and my mm. eldest like she loves these books like, you know, there's a really big, you know, audience for these. And, yeah, now they're, you know, they're, they're fun. Like, you know, I've sat down and I've watched all the movies with my kids. You know, they're pretty good. Yeah, I might, I've seen the first live-action one. I might, no, I'll probably wait a couple of years. But I'll, I'll, I'll revisit them, I reckon. They, wait for your kids. I um, I didn't yeah. watch them. I watched them. Oh, I just watched them by myself. I'm my own man. We... <laughs> We um we put it on you know as a family and we watched you know all four you know good and then the cartoons are good too you know they were able to capture the art style from the books um adapted pretty well into 3D there you go Phil Lord says there was a script for Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs three the title was Planet of the Grapes. A fantastic title. Just, I love it. And that's so that's the only reason <laughs> I included it as a new story because it is an amazing title. I love it. <laughs> Just so we can say, that. look, it's that's a it's a worrying statement. Like there was a script. Where is it? What's happening? I like those movies. Like if anything, it just just great to boost your knowledge of food puns. <laughs> like, they are, they are really good movies and that's um, it's Andy no, Samberg I mean, isn't it as the as the main guy is that Andy Samberg? Is it Andy Samberg or is but it? it was. Oh, actually, it no. The same guy. No. Or is it somebody else? <laughs> Completely. <laughs> well, you like, know, you've got some You've got Phil Lord like he wants to make a third movie. Who's saying no? It's Bill Hader. Oh, no. Oh, what? Really? Hang on. Bill Hader is Flint Lockwood. That's someone. And then Andy Samberg is... No, you're right. Baby Brent. Oh, wow. Bill H- it is Bill Hader as the main guy. Yeah, with Anna Faris my, as the... My well. apologies. But, oh, you know, but Andy oh, Samberg, wow. you're right. He is He is in it. Wow. Let's um, stop looking at the cast list, although it is impressive. Mr. T is in that first movie. But they were, they were DreamWorks, weren't they? Um, Sony animation, I believe. Right, let's stop talking about Cloudy Rich Hands and Meatballs. I've got all my facts wrong. <laughs> let's just move on. I just want to say on the podcast. Right, give me the, the grapes. One. Make a trilogy. Get it done. <laughs> Finish the story. Planet You've of got, the Grapes. Come on. You've got oh, the perfect it, title. <laughs> just do it for the title. Um, all right, last last movie story here. Director Len Wiseman has confirmed that a reboot of the Vampire vs. Werewolf saga Underworld is in development. I can't remember which movies were which, to be honest. I, I like these movies, but I look back and I'm like, I remember the first one, and then one of them was a prequel, and... Third one. How many did they make? Was it five. three or four? Five. <laughs> Piss off. <laughs> there were five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bloodlines, Holy I believe, shit. was the fifth one. Because oh. that was the whole they were thing. They blue, those movies. They were too blue. <laughs> <laughs> the first one, like, you know, we'd had Blade... 
Matrix, and it was like, wow. Now Underworld, Kate Beckinsale, Scott Speedman as the vampire werewolf hybrid. It was interesting in that first movie. We see his mutation further in the second one, Evolution. It was pretty good. And then Kate Beckinsale didn't come back, so they did a prequel, Rise of the Lycans. And then after a while, she came back for four, went away for a while, came back for five. I think she came back for four. She's definitely in five. I'm done. I don't I'm need anymore. But, uh... <laughs> I, no, but I just mean just in general, I don't need, like, Len Wiseman, do what you got to do. But I have had my fill I mean, has Underworld. The, has the... That's the werewolf vampire thing. Is that still like a big craze or have people moved on? I feel yeah. like that was a big thing for a while, you know, during the twilight time and all of that. Like it was, and of course, this I guess they'll always be around, but not, this as, not as big as it twilight. was in like those, those, oh, of course, of course. But you know, the, it was like the mid 2000s where it was vampire like, oh diaries. Yeah, it was, it was a true blood. Oh, there it is. You know, it was, true blood, of course. It, it was, it was everywhere, thing. man. It was, it was. And now it isn't. So mm. let's not bring it back. I don't know. Maybe there's an audience. <laughs> I mean, it's in development. There must be some sort of audience. Someone signed off on it. So we're getting more yeah, underworld. Yeah. yeah. Ah, that'll do it. Let's go on to TV news. The new trailer for the three Doctor Who specials has been released. And this trailer did not disappoint. I've got to be honest, I have watched it a few times purely for enjoyment. Shared it with my (laughs) wife as well, who doesn't watch Doctor Who, but likes David Tennant, likes Catherine Tate. So I'm like, hey, let me show you this trailer. Got to the trailer. She turned to me and she said, I'll watch that with you. It looks fun. It's exciting. There's a mystery because... At the end of Jodie Whittaker's run, instead of regenerating into the new Doctor, she went back and regenerated into David Tennant's Doctor, which has never happened before. So there's a mystery around that. But what it's meant for the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who, the BBC are putting out three specials with Tennant and Tate, and I'm very excited. Yeah, look, you know, what, and you know what, that that does explain why he's back. Um, as someone who I'm, look, I'm not a I'm not a Doctor Who fan. However, I have tried to get on the bandwagon, and I'm still I haven't finished it yet, but I'm, I'm working my way through that first season still. So I haven't even got to like the David Tennant seasons. I want to say plural. Um, yep. And then after that, you've got Matt Spiff, you've got Peter Capaldi, you've go. got Joe Whittaker. Then you get these specials ahead of the new doctor. But I mean, look, like watching, watching a trailer like this, right? It makes me go, holy shit. Doctor Who looks like a hell of a lot of fun. So I've got to, I've got to get it done. This is not only a trailer for these three specials. This is a trailer for Doctor Who. And it's getting someone, so an idiot like me, who's just like, yeah, Doctor Who, ah, it's fine. So yeah, whatever. It's, it's getting me back on and being like, check out Doctor Who. Go watch Doctor Who. Looks fun. It looks crazy and wacky. Really? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) which I love, like, you know, obvious reasons. I love how English it is. But what's worth noting here, so, of course, BBC in the UK always has been, always will be, starting with these specials outside of the UK, including in Australia for us, Doctor Who will be available on Disney+. Plus. Madness. It's a big, big thing, you know. Doctor Who's getting some of that Disney money. It looks fantastic. It looks really fun. And what, oh, just what a novel little thing to do. A lot of people, like recent times, David Tennant is the favorite and they're bringing him back. I'm sure there's going to be a reason why they're going to explain it. Uh, but we all know that he's going to have to get taken off the board again 
because we, they've cast a new Doctor, and that's going to be the show moving forward. But in the meantime, in celebration, 60 years. Of course, it was off the air for a few years, decades. I don't know how long yeah, until <laughs> it does still count. It, you know, taken off the air until we got Krista Reckleson, I think in 05, that's when the reboot happened. It looks so that's much fun. Right, sure. Celebrate yeah. 60 years with David Tennant and Catherine Tate back together for the first it's time. Really, it's, it's that what you're saying. It's a celebration. This looks like a, hey, look, we're just going to do this thing. And, it's, and I know they do like their Christmas specials and all that kind of jazz, but this looks like somewhere they've actually gone, let's just do this. Kind of be fun. Let's have fun with it and let's celebrate the, like you said, the potentially one of the most, like the favorite, the favorite who. Yeah, you know, yes. like what you're saying and my wife who doesn't watch it and she's like, yeah, I'll watch that. There's something about it, like, do you know what I mean? It's like they've not just made it for Doctor Who fans. They've made something fun that everybody can enjoy. Yeah. Again, if it, if it, if anything, if it just gets people on the on the Who bandwagon, the Doctor Who bandwagon, then hell, that's that's a win. But at the same time, though, deep cut. So the the villain who Neil Patrick Harris is playing, it's not somebody I'm familiar with. But it is a character that first appeared in black and white during William Hartnell's run, who was the very first Doctor. I love that about Doctor Who. Like, if you know that, great. If you don't, doesn't really matter. But it's the modern modern take on one of the first characters to appear because you know Cybermen. Daleks, uh, they've come and gone over the years, but this particular character hasn't been seen since that first original black and white run of Doctor Who. That's wild. Well, look, speaking of um, things that are super English, um, yeah, kind of. Uh, Icons on Earth. It's a, I know it's a sort of a documentary series that you and I have both checked out and, and been keeping up with, but season five is coming. Um, and each season they focus on something uh, a little bit different, a different franchise, film series, what have you. Um, season five will focus on the James Bond franchise, which, as always, will include cast interviews and a whole lot of other fun, good stuff. So I guess the idea is that they're, they're going to look at how, why the the James Bond films have lasted and, and continue to entertain and get us excited the different bonds that have come and gone and, and all that. I imagine you're pretty pumped for this one. Oh, this is, I mean, yes, big fan of James Bond, but this show, Icons Unearthed, I love it. I still need to go back and do the first one they did, the first season, which was Star Wars. But I started with The Simpsons. What have we had? Fast and Furious. They're currently doing... The MCU, really enjoying that. And it's just fun. Like, it's the guys who did the toys that made us, the movies that made us, and, you know, various other nerdy docuseries. I really like not just what they're covering, but the way they put their shows together. Yeah. There's a bit of... How they tell the story. That's it. There's a bit of humour behind the narration. It's it's really good. Like, I really do like these shows how the interviews are cut and sort of presented. And sometimes they just like, they go back to like, they repeat bits and pieces that just to really drill a, a point. Ah, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun and informative, interesting. And it's on topics that we're obviously obsessed with or, or not. Yeah. Like, I find it interesting, even watching stuff, you know, like currently watching the MCU one, you'd think we would know a lot of the stuff that's in it. I'm learning stuff and hearing Storm things. Some things. Like, oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. I like, can't remember. Like, oh my God. Specifically, but something came out of the Marvel one. I'm like, ah, oh, I didn't actually, I didn't know that. You know, the only reason I skipped Star Wars is because I've seen so much on Star Wars, watched it, read it so much over the years. But it's that, it's the approach that they have, the take that they give. So I will go yeah. back because I think the Marvel one, it's not quite finished, is it? They've just done the no, Avengers. Like, yeah. And then they'll have another episode. I haven't even watched the Avengers episode. Yet, oh, okay. So. I think the next one, 
Oh, actually, because he, he always shows what's coming next. It's um, Guardians. That's what we're right. looking at um, next. Would, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know how many episodes are left, but I figured they would start just kind of going in chunks of like almost phase. Once you get past Avengers, it's like, and then this is the next phase that we did, and then so on and so forth. But well, actually, no, I know you've not done Avengers yet. Let me just say this though, and then we'll move on to the next story. So. <laughs> When they were at Comic-Con and they brought all the Avengers, you know, on stage for the first time, mm. Mark Ruffalo was literally backstage signing his contract. What? The ink wasn't even dry, and he wow. walked out on stage and they announced that he was Bruce Banner, the Hulk. Insane. That's crazy. I mean, obviously, like negotiations and discussions were happening. They had been happening, but they'd not reached an agreement. And he's at yeah. Comic Con backstage signing his contract. Oh, watch it, man. It's a lot of fun. It's a oh, lot of fun. Something they need to do before they, before they send him out. But that's exciting. All right, I'll get to it. But yeah, James Bond, like, what a journey that will be. Oh, absolutely. So, Good timing as well. Like, you know, we're still waiting on what Bond is going to look like. Moving forward, how young are they going to go with the casting? Obviously, Daniel Craig has finished his five films. Mm. It's a good time for it. Absolutely. A reboot of The Office is reportedly in the works with original showrunner Greg Daniels set to return. Oh, my God. Okay, it's happening. Everyone stay calm. Oh my god. Um but we don't know what yeah, it means. What is like is <laughs> it a soft reboot where some of the actors are back reprising their roles? I mean, I'm pretty sure we covered this a while ago. There's said to be an Australian version of the office. I'm pretty sure we talked about that on on a show not too long yeah, ago. But of yeah. course, this is a very different thing. This is the American office, which I mean, track record for American adaptions of English TV comedies hasn't been great, but the American office took on a life of its own. I'm pretty sure with that first series, which was only made up of, I want to say maybe six, seven, eight episodes, it was a short season. And what they essentially did was beat for beat the English show. It wasn't until they started writing their own material that the show became what everyone knows and loves it to be today. Yeah. Oh, it's, 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 you know, like comedy is, it's localized, right? Like it, you, you appeal to your people, <laughs> I guess, like you got American writers writing American jokes and oh, look, that translates to us sat here in Australia, like, you know, for the most part, successful show here as well. Um, it's, like the office is something is definitely something special. The fact that we've got like the show running coming back, that gives this a bit of legitimacy. It's not just like, Hey, look, we're going to churn out some like rebooted, retoured alternate newer version of it. This is like, okay, we're going to get some of the same, which is cool. We're going to revisit that world. But then to what capacity, like you said, who's coming back, if anyone, will there be, would it be set in a different office, a different company, different people? Will they, you know, cross over when they do like some outdoor recreational activity? Will they all, I don't know, who's, you know, some company retreat, they're all staying at the same hotel and then we bump into like, you know, like, I don't know, Kevin. <laughs> Who knows? Like, But it's exciting news. It's exciting, fresh news that has got me, a little bit giddy. And as you say, I'm sure it's it's the showrunner. That's what yeah, that's what makes it news. Because originally I didn't even include it as a news story because it was the smaller news outlets that were reporting on it. And then more and more people were reporting on it. It was on the Today Show this morning. They were talking about it. Ah, like, oh, you know, this is actually this is something it started off as like just this small corner of the internet that some people were talking about that all of a sudden everybody was reporting on it. Do you know what? If not for the strikes that 
are currently happening. And hey, we might get some resolve soon. Um, but I mean, even if they had some cast returning or some some actors signed up for this, they wouldn't be able to announce it. They wouldn't be unless like unless there was some casting made. You know, in, do you know what all the strikes were happening but now? Who knows it? Now you say that. Because you know, there's obviously things happening with with the strike now. Um, potentially looking as though you know they're reaching an agreement. I think it was an article where it was talking about you know the ongoing strikes, and this was days before. And this kind of started as being something of of the projects that had been put on hold that could be you know greenlit on the back of the strikes coming to an end was a a reboot of The Office. And it kind right. of grew from there. And then it's like, hey, we're reaching an agreement, and then people are getting excited. Well, does, that, does that mean it's going to happen sooner? But we'll just have to, have to wait and see. Right. Kite Man. Hell yeah. <laughs> a spin-off of Harley Quinn is coming to Max in 2024. I've got to say, out of all the... Uh, of all the side characters in the in the Harley Quinn show, and not caught up, I'm not really caught. Up, but Kite Man has always stood out as just every time he's on screen, it's like you get a good laugh with him. There's there is something both pathetic yet also kind of really cool <laughs> about yeah. his character. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but him getting his own spinoff, like not even like his own like special episode of Harley Quinn, he's actually getting his own series, has kind of mm-hmm. caught me by surprise. A little bit. I mean, this is a character, a silly, silly, you know, Batman villain that had been around for a while. It wasn't until in recent years. I think Tom King was the one to put him back in comics. Like, hey, we've got this character. Let's try and do something with him. And on the back of that, he appeared in the Harley Quinn animated series. And, of course, it's just, you know, grown from there. I mean, I'm watching the most recent season of Harley Quinn. I think the season's wrapped. I'm a handful of episodes away from finishing it, but I'm not rushing to watch it. I'll watch one every now and then, and that's the Harley Quinn show. So I don't know how excited I can really be about a Kite Man spinoff. It's like the Harley Quinn show is so ridiculous, right, that there's almost something that makes complete in a very ironic way, just complete sense that they've gone with this random character <laughs> to, to give their own show. It's like, oh, yeah, this is, as a concept, so ridiculous that it makes sense. If that makes any sense, <laughs> what I just said, it's it's just nuts. Can I pick your brain for a second? As the as the guy with all the DC knowledge, yep. does Kite Man, or some sort of, inter- like some version of Kite Man, does he become Plastic Man? Ha, no, that's okay. Elo Brian. That... It's a different character altogether. Okay, sure. Different person. Anyway, right. just want to put that question out. Kite there. Man uh, is Kite Man. That's uh, that's that's, a, that's it. That's uh, who right. he is. I mean, in the latest season of Harley Quinn, Harley and Ivy are very much in a relationship. So I guess they had to take Kite Man off the board because the previous season he was in a relationship with Poison Ivy. So I guess to talk about the show and give him his own show. Disney Plus will release a full-color version of Werewolf by Night for this Halloween. This is kind of interesting. Like, we got Werewolf by Night, completely in black and white, a little bit of color, a little bit of red, here and there, very Sin City-like. Uh, you know what? Probably one of the best MCU things that they've released in, in recent years. There's been Absolutely. some... Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. But it was fantastic. As much as I love the artistic flair of the black and white thing, I would definitely be lied if that I'm not interested in watching the same thing but colour. The thing with it, right, black and white benefited it in so many ways. It felt like old school horror it felt like universal monsters it Mm. had that feel and because of that when you get to the end of the episode spoiler but it has been out a year when you get to the end of the episode you find out oh no this is actually modern day 
we were just led to believe because it was black and white and the setting, yeah. the location, the buildings, everything, it just it, it felt like it was a period piece, but it really wasn't. If you're going to watch it for the first time yeah. in color, you're not going to have that experience. Oh, no. So I'm I'm curious. When I first heard about it, I was like, oh, do you know what? I don't need that. But the director of Werewolf by Night, composer, world-renowned <laughs> composer, Michael Giacchino, he's doing this color version. Like He's very much involved. So it's not like they're taking this thing that he made for Disney Plus a year ago and they're just going to do their own take on it. Like he is still involved. So I'm, I am curious. I am curious. I but, hmm. It's an interesting thing. Like you said, for someone who's already watched and had that experience, that reveal at the end, the, you know, the flick of color that, that appears, you're just like, Oh, wow. Cause it, again, it was so impactful. That color, it made, it was like, we, as, as, like this movie didn't feel like it was a part of the MCU, like at all, because of the black and white, just just the general set. It's just like, how does this fit? Like, where is this in it? As soon as you add that color to it, it's like suddenly I was like, oh, do you know what? I can buy this as as working, you know, as a, as a part of it. It's more of a curiosity thing now of like, okay, now I want to experience this all in color. How is it going to feel different? And I'm just interested in that kind of view of it. Like, we've still got that black and white version. I'll, I'll still stand by that's the true version of this of this feature. But yeah, like having a color version, it's cool. It's like the opposite of like Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's like, ah, oh, look, there's you know they did the ah oh, like, still the oh, gray scale. They did like yeah, yeah. the the yeah. gray the gray. I don't know what they called it. Something it's something gray. gray. Yeah, I've I've not watched that. Honestly, this is gray or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, but I think it's, it's something it like, like that. Ooh, let's watch the artsy version of it. But you know, yeah. If um, if they'd made this as a theatrical movie, and it was in black and white, and then a year later, like, do you know what? We're going to re-release it in cinemas, but now in color. Yeah, no, thank you. No, no, no. no. Watching not that it. Curious. <laughs> watching it at home on Disney Plus, yeah, I'll check it out. I'll watch it. And again, it's a fact that the original director is is involved. So I'm, I'm yeah. curious. That's it. All right. Well, that's it for all of our news. Um, we've got some recommends for you, as always. My wife recently said it would be really good if we had a good English cop show to get into. Um oh, Bill. <laughs> Not the bill. And I found one, and it's bloody brilliant. All episodes are available. I'm two episodes into it. It's an early recommend. But um, the gold on Paramount Plus, there is six episodes altogether. The show follows Hugh Bonneville alongside Jack Loden and Dominic Cooper in a series inspired by the iconic True story of the Brinks Matt robbery and its aftermath. It is a period piece, true story. It is fantastic, gripping. So it is six one hour episodes. And again, all available on Disney Plus for us in the UK. It aired earlier in the year on the BBC, but it's fantastic. It is a really good show, and you're just watching it and everything. Like, it's just so polished and so well-made, and you're just watching it, and you're like, wow, all these actors are fantastic. The show is just gripping because, again, it's not just about the robbery. It's what happens next, and it's just so much fun to watch. The gold. Oh, it sounds very, sounds very mature and adult of you to watch a show like that and then recommend it and describe it. Um, I'm, I'm going to recommend, uh, this is a legitimate recommendation. I'm going to recommend Paw Patrol, the oh, party movie. Please I knew it. I, just, I mean, for hey, I know, I know that you had to watch it, but just the, good time, man. the way, <laughs> the way you were acknowledging my review, I thought is absolutely <laughs> Going to recommend a car hey, tip. 
the thing the thing that makes us a good pair is sometimes when we contrast each other in such a beautiful way. Um, <laughs> we've done it now, before look, when you recommended something really artsy and then I've done my mm, recommending. It's been a comic book. A I get it. Like, yeah, a comic book or a cartoon. Or <laughs> yes. Anyway, look. So look, the story behind this is is that the new Paw Patrol movie came out. Me and my two-year-old, almost three-year-old son, we, well, and the last one, we took him to go see it. He was so excited about it. That experience in itself was delightful, wonderful. But look, I tell you, I enjoyed that first Paw Patrol movie. And look, the Paw Patrol show is, yeah, I've watched countless episodes. It's, it's, it's rough. And we talked off air. You said you were so stoked that your, your two kids had outgrown Paw Patrol and those days were behind you. I'm Absolutely. still living it. <laughs> Look, what they're doing with these movies, like, and of course, these are made for a much younger audience. I acknowledge that. But at the same time, they're not painful to sit through. Like, these are quite enjoyable. And look, at the end of the day, this is a movie. This one, the second one, is about these puppies that get superpowers and they do superhero stuff. There's more super saves in this movie than I've seen in a lot of comic book superhero live action movies over the past 10 years. Like they're actually, they get powers and they go and save people and do things with it. It's fun. There's, there's quite a bit of humor, you know, like they, it's not to the level of like, Hey, look, we've got adult jokes in this, but there's some comical stuff in there. They kind of take the piss at, you know, like it's very self-aware of what it is. And I think they're letting the adults who have uh, been forced to sit through this, enjoy that. Um, you know, like, the the animation and stuff like they they're putting money all of that merchandise money they're putting into into these movies like they these movies look good like these look like big blockbuster like you wouldn't know that these were made for bloody preschoolers and stuff like these are decent movies i enjoy this movie um i'm not ashamed of it again it's not like it's anything profound or amazing it definitely has its target audience but as a parent and watching my kid watch it and have a good time and actually sit through it first movie experience, it did well. Um, an enjoyable movie. Like I sat there and I was like, I'm having a good time. Like there wasn't a moment where I was like rolling my eyes. This is painful. Holy shit, get me out of here. This is a decent movie. Take your kids, wait for it to become available on streaming and watch it 15, 20 times. However many you need to, I don't know. Yeah, at least check it out once. It's cute. It's nice. I get it. I, I see I see the appeal. Like when the first movie came out, my kids were into it. They were what you know to watch at the movies, they were watching the TV show. I mean, this movie will be made available on Paramount Plus, just like all the Paw Patrol content. But that first movie, you know, it's fine. And unlike the show, they've got a few big names like Keegan Michael Key, I believe, was in it. Yeah, like Kim Kardashian is in one or two or some oh, of them. She's in both. She's in this one for like okay. five seconds. Like right. Okay. Every trailer so is like, Kim Kardashian, Big Lit. I was like, she's in it for a <laughs> so there's a bit of um, yeah, stunt casting, <laughs> but but yeah. it's fine. But it's it's that experience, isn't it? You know what you've just shared there about taking your son to his first movie. Like my oh. my eldest, like she's eleven now. the The first movie that I took her to see was Zootopia. And I didn't remember at first, but my youngest, it was the Tom and Jerry movie, the live action oh, animation hybrid movie. That's uh, that was the first one. But there's something this special better than that. <laughs> hey, this movie, this movie's better than Tom and Jerry. <laughs> that movie sorry. was fine. Zootopia. It was fine. Yeah, it was Zootopia. Fine. Oh no, Zootopia was fantastic. But, it's, but again, um, it's it's that experience, that bond. Like obviously, yeah. we talk about movies because we love movies and be. Being able to share that with your kids is is a big thing. And this, not so much stunt casting, but McKenna Grace, who we know is up and coming. She plays the young version of everyone. She was in that latest Ghostbusters movie. You know, she's appeared in like Young Sheldon and stuff like that. Um, she voices one of the dogs, Sky, and who kind of takes like a lead character role in, in this movie. And, you know, like for an animated little dog character, doing a pretty good job like your voice is sky voice. voice is sky oh it? no the Which poor is... voice actor from the tv show why did they not oh, use no, that's right. Wait, <laughs> in the first movie for for case they took the lead in that movie they got the um the kid that plays 
young Sheldon, which is funny because oh, right. we're both in it today. So it's sort of, okay. So, yeah. so I think each movie they're gonna they're gonna have like a different puppy feel character. I don't know. I'm looking forward to the third one. I hope so, they do like so whichever whichever cool. <laughs> puppy of the Paw Patrol gets the more screen time. The TV actor doesn't get a phone call. They just have to I miss guess. out. I suppose. I don't know. I think yeah, because we... they have to actually they have to actually act. <laughs> think, anyway, yeah, I think um, yeah, we've officially talked about Paw Patrol enough this episode. I reckon. <laughs> good recommend though. Yeah, very good. Excellent. All right. Well, that's it for another episode of that film stew. If you haven't already, check out our other shows: Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics. Each of those shows also have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Blue Beetle and stay tuned for our upcoming review of No One Will Save You. Thanks for joining us for another round of movie and TV news. You've been listening to Jason. And you've been listening to Luke. We're the guys from that film, Stu. We'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs>